a warning for the listener. This episode contains elements of sexual assault and child exploitation. Some aspects of the content you are about to hear are both based on fact and also allegation. If you are triggered by any of this subject matter, please proceed with caution. We care deeply for our listeners and want you to know our intention is to bring awareness and healthy conversation. If you or someone you know is experiencing abuse, please contact your National Assault Hotline. For our American listeners, you may contact the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network at 1-800-656-HOPE. Once again, that is 1-800-656-4673. That is a 24-hour toll-free hotline, or you can visit their website at www.rain.org. That is R-A-I-N-N dot org. For our UK listeners, you may contact the 24-hour free phone National Domestic Abuse Helpline run by Refuge at 0808-2000-247. Or you can contact the Rape Crisis National Free Phone Helpline on 0808-802-9999. That hotline is active between the hours of 12 p.m. and 2.30 p.m. and 7 to 9.30 p.m. every day of the year. For our Australian listeners, you may contact 1-800-732-732 or visit the website www.1800respect.org.au backslash contact dash us. We hope you enjoy this latest episode. on the dot hell yeah yes that's the first time you've been right on the dot isn't it oh uh, see it only took 12 episodes <laughs> in a season it only took 12 is that the new record for fastest roast ride ever oh. i think it is see you next week guys <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jard. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <sighs> I don't think I'm ever going to recover from that. Okay, <laughs> let's move past it. Never. Okay. Yeah. Well, here it's we a are. Big day for us. Yeah. It is. It's a huge day for us. Hold on. Finale. I was gonna say, it's two, there's two things. We've got a season finale, and I thought you meant big day, big day for you guys because of what's just happened in the U.S. But well, I, I mean, I know historically we don't really get into politics on mm. the show, but no, I feel but it would be remiss to if we didn't at least not address what happened today. I mean, so Biden won. Everyone knows that, except Trump. he ain't got a clue Uh, so we're celebrating tonight i got a giant pizza and i bought some blueberry wine and i was hoping it was blue but i couldn't tell from the bottle and i poured it it's not i'm just gonna make believe that it's it's blue (laughs) much like trump is make believing that he didn't lose (laughs) (laughs) he's got to make himself feel good somehow you know um, that's his delusional way yeah, of doing it. Uh, it's uh, I I have great energy. 
right now. I feel like a lot of the country does too. But a lot of people are really pissed. Um, but regardless of anyone's stance on any of this, it's today was historical for many, many different reasons. Incredibly. Um, I mean, Biden got what the most votes of any of presidential candidate of all ever. time ever, ever in history. Nice. And then you got Harris. She's the first woman VP. She's the first black VP. She is the first South Asian, I think is yes. what it says she mm-hmm. was, VP. Um, wow. This is the first time in our life that a president has only served one term. Really? Every president that we have had yeah. has served two terms. Clinton served two. Bush served two. Obama served two. Trump is the first one in our lifetime to only serve one term. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, says a lot. And <laughs> I thought Obama did three. You can't yeah, you do can, three. You can only do yeah. two. I, can't do three? I wish. Oh, okay. I wish. Everyone wanted to do a um, third one, but <laughs> you, you can't. Well, I mean, all those things aside, today's Saturday. Election day was Tuesday. We are, what, Wednesday? Four days past election yeah. day. And we only just found out today. Bye. We got, you know, I mean, there's still counting happening. So, I mean, but it's, I guess they don't feel like the votes that are left to be counted will really do much to change the outcome anyway. I mean, in terms of the Electoral College, they absolutely won't. I know that we're waiting on North Carolina. I know that we're waiting on, what was it? North Uh, Carolina and Georgia are the only two outstanding that have not been called. I mean, I know a bunch of other places are still counting, but... I, I guess well, the margins I mean, have just been so wide that it doesn't really make a difference who the votes are for. You've never had so many people vote yeah. for an election. I gotta say, I'm, I'm, for the first time in a long time, I'm very proud of my country today. Um, everyone, I guess, kind of saw what happened last time. Everyone was kind of shocked by the outcome last time. Like, no one really thought that he had a chance to win in 2016 i think he it was only projected that he had like a 39 percent chance of winning so when he won everyone's like what <laughs> and then you find out that like only half if half of americans voted in the last election because they felt like they didn't really have any good choices so they didn't vote so it was really really nice to see those numbers rolling in and to see that a lot of people learned their lesson Oh, from yeah. last time. Actually, oh, yeah. And actually cared to make their voices heard no matter what it was. I mean, you can't... T- in in my opinion, I don't think that you really have a leg to stand on if you didn't do your best to try and make your voice heard. So, I'm... Yeah. I feel like today is the first day in four days that I've actually taken a breath. I mean, I and I know the the whole country has been feeling that way, too, because usually on Election Day, I mean, this is like this is unprecedented. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, the process was always going to be slower than it normally is. But any other Election Day where there's not a pandemic going on, I mean, you have a pretty good idea of who's taking it by the end of the night, by the end of Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. This time it was like <laughs> it, it was kind of it was kind of scary at first because Tuesday once the polls closed they started counting the ballots it was looking really really good for Trump I mean the almost the entire yeah. country was red on any kind of graphic map that you know any news station had um, 
And it was, I just went to bed. I'm like, oh my God, like he's going to take it again. Like I, <laughs> I was just defeated. I was so scared. I'm like, oh my God. And then the next few days as the absentee ballots or the mail-in ballots started rolling in, it's, I mean, it's, it's a stat that more Republicans, they're more likely to vote in person versus Democrats who are more likely to mail in their ballots. Right. So a lot of news stations in early on, my camera's frozen again. It's fine. I'll fix it. Um, anyway, a bunch of news stations early on were talking about what they were calling a red mirage, mm. which the in-person votes in most states were what got counted first. So it was, I mean, it was going to look like Trump was winning early on because majority of his voters voted in person. Their votes got counted first. But over the course of the following days, as the mail-in ballots started getting counted, things drastically changed. I mean, Biden took leads in states I didn't even think he had a chance at getting. I mean, Georgia flipped. Georgia did a fucking flip. Like... It was crazy. And now we have to get tattoos of peaches on our asses. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I remember seeing that in the chat, and I, I, I really hope you two do, just for the hysterical <laughs> side of it. That would be hilarious. <laughs> like, um, genuinely, please do. You just want to see our asses, that's it. Well, that's yeah, defi- well, that's, that's part th- of it. Th- yeah, it's definitely shame, a bonus. Shame, 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 I know your name. <laughs> You know, we already established we need a jarred bonk bat. You know, it's just... So yes, I we are very happy over here today. Very, very excited. So, yeah. Trump and is also, tweeting. And also, oh, God, yeah, here's a... Wow. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, these, this, this last week, I'm just trying to understand the logic behind, you know, these past several months, he's telling his voters, you need to vote in person, the, you know, like, he's blocking the Postal Service from doing their job, and he's telling his people that mail-in voting is more susceptible to fraud, and, you know, all this, so he's telling all of his voters to vote in person, his Mm. voters vote in person, so he gets fast results, but then the people who aren't voting for him are mailing them in. And he's like, what? Yeah. This is fraud. I mean, like, what yeah. did he... Yeah. Like, he, the, what? <laughs> you told the, you're tell, you told your people not to mail in ballots. That's why you're not getting any. I mean, what the fuck? He, exactly. He, he straight up panicked. Like, the past couple of days, he is... As an outsider, he's he's straight up panicked and tried it's to It's been do, a scramble. Yeah, everything he said now. I mean, even correct me if I'm wrong. Even news outlets on your end, like when he was doing live um, statements and talks, and whatever, they just cut him off. Like the news channels yeah, cut yeah. him off because it was just oh, yeah, all mumbo jumbo. Yeah, he yeah. he has started this conspiracy within his or his fan base, supporter base, whatever. He started this conspiracy that there is, you know, just rampant voter fraud running afoot right now because of what happened. I mean, you can't tell your people, you know, vote for me in person and then be upset that none of the mail-ins are for you. Yeah. I mean... It's just... That's why there's... He, he, yes, he's been scrambling. Um, 
he he prematurely announced victory Tuesday night once he saw the red mirage. That was um, once he saw how many states had gone initially red, he he announced victory Tuesday night. Uh, which the president cannot do that. No. The president does not make no. that call. So there's that. Um, he's he's been spreading these these theories the last couple of days, getting people to get on board with the whole voter fraud thing. You know, people are there's videos of people burning my ballots and you know all this shit. And it's just like, dude, come on. I mean, no matter what you think about the guy, no matter what policies of his you agree or disagree with or you know him as a person or how he's been as a president you there is no denying that in the last four days this is probably the most unpresidential oh yeah a sitting president has behaved during an election i mean it's it's unacceptable it's like Dude, like the rest of the country's moving on he he's not every he's just gonna get left behind so He's literally being a petulant child, and it's just it's hysterical. <laughs> really Anytime he has felt like he's being wrongly criticized or judged or anything, he'll just start spinning these conspiracy theories for his, his base. And mm. he, he puts them out there, they listen to him, they believe him, and they, they just run with it. And that's how yeah. you end up with all these wild and bizarre yeah. like rumors and articles that you know your conservative aunt is sharing on Facebook. I mean, yeah. So, anyway, I'm glad that's over with. Um, yeah, the world is moving on. Trump needs to get on yeah. board. I mean, my only concern is what he might have, tr- what he might try to get done with what little time that he has left. and That's a concern as well. He, yeah. Whether he might not, whether he might use that for, for good or not, and I'd... I I have this eerie suspicion and that he's going to try and find a way to exonerate himself from his 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 taxes or any like I just I just feel like he's going to try and find a way that he has a cushion when he's out of office that he might not face troubles for what all has happened during his presidency. If if he gets in trouble for nothing else, I at least want him to be punished or something for the rape thing. Right. He and Jeffrey Epstein, they were in on that together. So, there's that. Yeah. But, I mean, if nothing else, I at least want to see something happen with that. And as far as, you know, the remaining time of his presidency, everything the president does, it has to go through Congress, it has to go through the Senate, all, you know, all those different levels. I I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm not, like, you know, I'm not speaking out of turn, but um, kind of jinxing it. I, I, I just, I don't know how much he would be able to get done with the time that he has left, knowing that he has to go through all those different levels to get anything yeah. done anyway. Right. Yeah. It's so. to pass anything there. He needs to move I mean, on. Sh- the country's moving on. He had his chance to gracefully concede, and instead he is choosing to spread his little conspiracy theories like wildfire. So, there's that. Hey, at least his conspiracy doesn't mean something we can jump onto. Well. Yeah, I'm not going to waste the whole episode on voter fraud. <laughs> well, not only that. Yeah. I've just realized that considering today is the finale. I mean, 
we wouldn't be able to do <laughs> do it anyway. So we're all out of conspiracies over here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just give Trump, you know, Twitter for another year or so. I'm sure we'll have some more. Oh, we'll definitely. Oh, God, yeah, we'll definitely have some more. Well, very special episode today. Me and Amber are both going to be operating this heavy machinery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Heavy being the operative word. Heavy, heavy being a very, very operative word here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every time I saw, like, the warnings for heavy machinery on, like, medicine and stuff, I always thought of, like, a forklift. Forklift, yep. You immediately think forklift. They obviously just mean a car, right? Yeah. Car, a vehicle of some sort, heavy machinery, anything that has got large mechanical moving parts. Honestly, forklift. Anything that could cause serious injury to someone. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought of a forklift. Yeah, I always do as well. <laughs> well, that's scary. No idea why. But yeah. I don't like knowing that you and I have the same train of thought on that. Moving on. So I'm going to go ahead and start this. <laughs> Me and Ryan are going clubbing after this. Hell yeah, we are. Look at us. Dougie and Amber are home in their jammies. Look, look, I work like, a 12 hour shift today. I work a 12 hour tomorrow. Dougie's got a shirt on, but. Dougie's got a dress shirt on and no pants. <laughs> so Dougie's already been clubbing and is now in the after home stages. Whereas Jess, like, Jess, are you wearing glitter? Is that, is that glitter dress? It's sparkly, yes. Sparkly, yeah. I got my blue and gold leaf jacket on. I'm I'm all shiny, sparkly too. Yeah, we're out with. I, I tried my best to duplicate my Zepetto outfit, but I I can't do the high ponytail. My hair, my my <laughs> the way my hair, yeah, it just does not do that. See, so. I'd have loved, to, <laughs> I would have loved to have tried to recreate mine with the pink, um, gl- glittery, sparkly full suit. There is no way I'd be able to bring one of those home. Just no chance I'd be able to bring one of those home. So this is as good as we're gonna get. <laughs> Secretly, he's already got it in his closet. <laughs> I'm not opening that whilst we're whilst we're recording. That, that's staying closed. <laughs> I'm shaky head. Well, tonight Amber and I are going to talk about the obvious pedophilia within Hollywood. Um, yeah, child exploitation. And the people that just let it happen without, you know, doing like doing anything about it, just turning a blind eye to it. We're not we're not dipping into the whole Pizzagate thing or like the QAnon yeah. thing because yeah, I I yeah. wanted to say when I first when I first thought about the idea for this episode, I I admittedly I did not know very much about Pizzagate. So when we were trying to start the research yeah. on this early on and we were going that route and we realized that it maybe pushed an agenda that we did not want to push. So oh, we, it's yeah, yeah. We scraped that idea entirely and said, "Nope, this right. this isn't what we're going to talk about." Right. And you know, then we came to the conclusion that well, we know 
of people who are in trouble in Hollywood for these certain things related to. And I think the, the way that we want to approach this tonight is give you the facts. This is what we know about these people. This is how long we know it went on. And let the audience draw their conclusions from there. Yeah, we're going on stuff that has actually happened, not, um... Not the theories behind Which, which maybe I sounds kind of backwards, because this is about conspiracy yeah. theories, but at the same time, the Pizzagate thing is just, is such an obvious agenda yeah. to demonize yeah. the, the left and side I in America. I just, I can't do it. And I will say, uh, Jess has three subjects, and I have three subjects. Uh, one of mine, and I'm going to be, and I will make it known when I say it, uh, there are, he, this person has more, more allegations, he hasn't been le legally in trouble, but I will touch on that and where it kind of looks funny, but unfortunately there's nothing concrete in terms of the legal world, so, but I will make that known. Um... Well, I'll go ahead and start. The first one that I'm going to be covering is Harvey Weinstein, which, pretty notable. Probably, probably the meatiest of my three subjects, just because there's so much that happened with him. He was so well-known. There's just a lot to kind of, not uncover, but just to look into, honestly. I'll go ahead and say right now, my sources for the Weinstein portion of this would be Wikipedia, Insider, Flair, and BBC. This, his is weighty. So, Harvey Weinstein, he is a former film producer and convicted sex offender. It, do, Dougie and Ryan, do you know who Harvey Weinstein is? Yes. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Sorry, let me... Hang on. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> I don't Hang bother on. googling it. I researched all the information right here. No, but I need to. I need to see. Harvey mm. and his brother Bob Weinstein co-founded Miramax in the late seventies, which, if anyone remembers, Miramax was this huge movie oh. production or distribution company. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Miramax was responsible okay. for films such as Pulp Fiction and Shakespeare in Love. Mm -hmm. After they released Sex, Lies, and Videotape in 1989, Miramax was kind of catapulted to become the most successful independent studio in America. Wow. In 93, Disney offered the Weinstein Brothers $80 million for ownership of Miramax. They agreed to the deal, but only under the agreement that they would remain the heads of the company. So in 1994, that's when Miramax released Pulp Fiction, which was its first blockbuster, and they also distributed Clerks. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Fucking hilarious. Yep. Yes. Pulp Fiction was an, it was nominated for an Academy Award in 95, and The English Patient, also released by Miramax, took home the Academy Award for Best Picture in 97. Following this, Miramax released both Goodwill Hunting and Shakespeare in Love, both of which won several awards. So Harvey and Bob, they left Miramax in 2005 to start their own production company called The Weinstein Company, which I can 
I can still see the little logo in my head. Like, yeah, you turn I on one of their do. movies, and it's, like, the black and white, and, yeah. So, they were joined by several other executives, including Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, and Colin Vanes, who had run the production department at Miramax for 10 years prior. Over the course of the years... Weinstein acquired a reputation of ruthlessness and aggression. He once put a reporter in a headlock and threw him out of a party. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know that asshole. Part. <laughs> in 2009, Weinstein publicly voiced opposition to efforts to extradite Roman Polanski, who I will be getting into later. Weinstein his company, they distributed the movie, well, documentary, or, I don't know. But anyway, it was called Roman Polanski Wanted and Desired. It was a film about the Polanski case. Weinstein questioned whether Polanski had even committed any crime, which I will get into later. <laughs> Just to kind of drive home how well-known and respected Weinstein was within Hollywood during his career... There was an analysis of Academy Award acceptance speeches that spanned from 1966 to 2016, and they showed that Weinstein had been thanked in 34 different speeches, as many times as God, and second only to Steven Spielberg, who had 43 mentions. In October 2017, that's when shit hit the fan for Harvey Weinstein. The New York Times and the New Yorker, they reported that more than a dozen women accused Weinstein of sexually harassing, assaulting, or raping them. Many other women in the film industry subsequently accused Weinstein as well. I will get into those later because there are a lot of names on there and they are all very familiar. I had no idea that even half of them had come forward about him. As a result of this, or of these accusations, Weinstein was fired from his production company, he was suspended from the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, he was expelled from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and he resigned from the Directors Guild of America. The LAPD, or the Los Angeles Police Department, they opened up a criminal investigation into the rape allegations, and similar investigations began in New York and London. Shortly after those accusations surfaced, literally like maybe a week or two, his wife announced that she was leaving him and she divorced him in January 2018. So three months later, she they were divorced. Wow, she got on that quick. <laughs> yeah. So can't say I blame her. Well, no, not. absolutely no, not. No. Ronan Farrow, is that? I'm, that leads yep. to yours. Okay. Rowan yep. Farrow reported in The New Yorker that Weinstein hired British-Israeli private intelligence firm Black Cube in order to stop the publication of the abuse allegations. Um, using false identities, Black Cube private investigators reportedly tracked and met journalists and actresses such as Rose McGowan, who accused Weinstein of rape. Weinstein reportedly had Black Cube and other agencies target or collect information on dozens of individuals and compile psychological profiles that sometimes focused on their personal or sexual histories. Really shady guy. <laughs> reading this out loud, yeah. it's different, like, reading it yeah. when you're, like, alone, you know, and reading it out loud. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's fucking shady. So the allegations surfacing, they begin a wave against sexual harassment in Hollywood and in the U.S. just in general, um, which it 
came to be known as the Weinstein effect, or that's what it was called, that could be credited as being a catalyst, my camera, for the Me Too movement, if anyone remembers that from a couple years ago. Weinstein was charged by New York police with rape, criminal sex act, sex abuse, and what does I say? Sexual misconduct for incidents involving two or more women. He was arrested on May 25th, 2018, surrendering to police that same day. Um, he was later released on $1 million bail. His trial was set for January 6, 2020. On that same day, he was also charged in Los Angeles for raping one woman and sexually assaulting another in 2013. Now, the Harvey Weinstein side of it, it's not that he's necessarily a pedophile, but he is a rapist. So. Absolutely. Kind of goes with the sexual harassment in Hollywood thing, you know. Yep. His jury deliberated for five days before reaching a verdict. On February 24th, 2020, he was convicted on two of five criminal charges, one count of criminal sexual assault. <laughs> I've got my ring light in the way. It's hard for me to see. In the first degree and one count of rape in the third degree. The jury found him not guilty in regards to the predatory sexual assault charge, which could have landed him a lifetime imprisonment. On March 11th, 2020, Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison and he is currently serving out his term at a correctional facility in New York. He does still have outstanding charges in LA. He stated that his attorneys, his attorneys, they do have intentions of appealing the verdict. And because of his crimes, Queen Elizabeth stripped him from the CBE in September. Ryan, do you know what the CBE is? Oh, I've heard it. Um, what's it done for? It really the the acronym doesn't really align with what it says it is so i don't know it's it's the order of the british empire it's it's the order of chivalry which they i guess reward contributions to the arts and sciences yes 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 yes, yes, yes. I, I heard about it but the last time i heard about it was about eight years ago when i was doing my media course it was a while a long time ago well yeah the queen was like nah Get out. You're not in this anymore. Yeah. You're gone. You out, fam. So, that's... That's the main information about Weinstein, but I do want to get into his accusers. Um, because you guys surely know most of these names. I'll be very surprised if there's any that you don't really recognize. His most vocal accuser has been Rose McGowan. Uh, she was more prominent in the, like, the mid to late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, she's an actress. She What's she been in, Amber? She was in Jawbreaker. Uh, Jawbreaker. She was in Scream. Uh. Uh, what else? I mean, I know she was kind of like batshit in Jawbreaker, but goddamn. Didn't she play? No, not play. Didn't Did she date Marilyn Manson for a while? Yes, she did. Okay, that's what I thought. I remember that dress she wore to that awards show with him, and it was like see-through. Yes. <laughs> completely everything oh god so yeah yeah she absolute babe um but she has been his most vocal accuser in all of this and she's been a very 
steadfast kind of force with the Me Too movement since it began. She initially accused Weinstein of orally raping her in a hotel at the Sundance Film Festival in 1997 when she was 23 years old. She reached a $100,000 settlement with him, which if you ask me, that ain't enough. $100,000? No way. Not knowing the money he's made of. Right. But she reached that settlement with him. He also offered her a million dollars for a further non-disclosure agreement to stay silent after it was all said and done. She obviously declined the deal. Because she's, yeah. she's still out there slamming him, like, yeah. even today, I'm pretty sure. So, mm-hmm. Another actress who has accused him, Annabella Sciorra. Sciorra? I don't know. Anyway, she was on The Sopranos. Um, she had a bit of a role oh, yeah, in The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. She accused him of forcing himself into her apartment and raping her in 1992. Ashley Judd. He asked her to his hotel room under the guise of a business meeting, and when she got there, he was in a bathrobe and asked if he could give her a massage or if she could watch him shower. She refused and said that Weinstein exacted his revenge by attempting to destroy her career. Director Peter Jackson, who, was he Lord of the Rings? Is that Peter? Yeah. Is that the same here? Okay. He came forward to say that he did have her removed from a casting list as a direct result of false information provided by Weinstein at that time. Her sexual harassment lawsuit was eventually dismissed, unfortunately. Mira Sorvino, Paul Sorvino's daughter, she was also... What was her name? She was in... um. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Was she on The Sopranos briefly, too? What did she play on Romy and Michelle? She was one of the two. Really? She was the one that wasn't Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was the same. I didn't know that was the same one. So... Okay. Weinstein sexually harassed her in a hotel room in 1995. Same as Ashley Judd, Peter Jackson said Weinstein warned him off of casting her in anything as well. Salma Hayek. She turned down repeated sexual advances from Weinstein while making the 2002 film Frida. She said his persuasion tactics did include threats, and at one point he told her, I will kill you, don't think that I can't. Okay, I didn't know that about Salma Hayek. I didn't either. What was that? Did you guys hear that? Yeah, Yeah. what was that? I got no idea. I'm just going to keep on trucking. Hopefully it's not the Civil War popping off. Asia Argento, another actress, she says she reluctantly agreed to give him a massage in a hotel on the French Riviera, but he then raped her. Gwyneth Paltrow. Weinstein... (laughs) Sorry, Charles messaged me about that. Anyway, Weinstein asked her to give him a massage in his hotel suite after casting her in the lead role of 1996's Emma. Paltrow says she refused, and Weinstein then screamed at her for an indeterminate amount of time. 
After the incident, she told her then-boyfriend, Brad Pitt, what happened. And he, I guess, confronted Weinstein and threatened to kill him if he ever did anything to her, like that to her again. Wow. What is... I don't know if those are fireworks or gunshots. Welcome to America, everyone. <laughs> God. Cara Delevingne... Weinstein apparently approached her in her hotel room and attempted to kiss her. And she says she was able to kind of like slink past him and get out of the room before any of that could happen. Angelina Jolie, Weinstein propositioned her in a hotel room in 1998. And as a result, she chose to never work with him again. Good. Uma Thurman, who was also... One of the main faces of Miramax's Pulp Fiction, as you guys remember. Weinstein pushed her down and tried to expose himself in his hotel room in London in the 90s. Heather Graham, the babe of my dreams. Felicity Shagwell. (sighs) I love her so much. Weinstein propositioned her in the early 2000s when she met with him to discuss being cast in one of his movies. She said that he implied she would have to sleep with him to get the role and that his wife would have been okay with it. What the... Bloody hell. Daryl Hannah. Who is... She was in Kill Bill. Both... Well, was she in both Kill Bills or just the first one? I don't remember. Anyway. I don't know, but I know her most notably for Mermaid. Was it... Splash? Splash. Splash. Yeah. Yeah. Splash. Um... He made repeated advances during promotion for Kill Bill and its sequel. He tried to get into her hotel room on multiple occasions, one time even obtaining a key and letting himself in. He, oh god, I hate reading stuff like this. He asked to grope her breasts and then asked her to expose herself to him. She, I don't know, I don't know if this means that there was a physical altercation after, or but the way this is worded, I'm not sure. It says that she suffered physical repercussions as her flights were canceled and she was left stranded after turning him down on one occasion. <sighs> Rosanna Arquette, who Amber, you will know as Sherry Jaffe. Rosanna. And she was also the inspiration behind that song that I was just attempting to sing. Yes. But yes. There is my camera again. In the early 90s, she was to Weinstein's hotel room where he was then in a... I really don't know if that's fireworks or gunshots. This is getting on my fucking nerves. (sighs) Where was I? He was in a bathrobe again and asked her for a massage. When she refused, she says he grabbed her hand and pulled it down towards his his crotch she she believes that her rejecting him caused damage to her career as well Uh, last but not least well not last I mean there are many others but I mean I I picked the the biggest names the ones that you guys would be more likely to know there's there's tons of others last but not least uh, Lauren Holly probably for me, most notably, Mary Swanson from Dumb and Dumber. That fine oh. redhead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Weinstein approached her naked and asked for a massage. She shoved him and ran away, apparently. 
This these dudes and their massages, I don't know what that is about. Okay? I don't like I don't know. So Epstein last I don't week, get it. this guy this week. Like oh my god. Well, according to Ronan Farrow, a number of celebrities knew about Weinstein's behavior before it became a public issue. Those celebrities included Ben Affleck, who, I mean, Weinstein kind of, he kind of catapulted him to fame with Goodwill Hunting. Uh, ben Affleck, Colin Firth, Lena Dunham, big surprise, Susan Sarandon, Brett Ratner, Quentin Tarantino, and a number of other executives. And some of these people have come out and spoken about, like, oh, you know, I kind of had an idea, but I wasn't sure, th- that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, as far as the finer details, I don't know. Those are just people that they know something, I guess. Which brings us to how Weinstein links to Epstein, because that was kind of our intent in building this episode, was to somehow find ways that these people link together, and surely enough, most of them, if not all of them, do. Weinstein was friends with Epstein for decades. Um, Epstein actually used to use their friendship as a way to impress his young girls. They fell out eventually, um, which it's, the story is, is funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny at the same time because it's like a pot kettle kind of situation. Apparently, Weinstein was at Epstein's apartment in France receiving a massage from one of Epstein's girls. And he attempted to aggressively convert the massage into something sexual. The girl, she rejected his advances and... He began verbally assaulting her. At that time, that girl that was giving him the massage was one of Epstein's favorite girls. So he saw the abuse of her as being disrespectful toward him. So he then kicked Weinstein out of the apartment and told him he would never be allowed back. And that's that was the end of their friendship, I guess. I'm like... You're abusing these girls, too? And you're, like, telling your friend, hey, don't abuse these girls? That's yeah, my that's... job? Like, what the fuck? That makes... Yeah. Oh, my God. These dudes are wacky. I'm telling but you. But it also yeah. it also gives you the idea of, well, it's okay if I do it, but it's not okay. Do yeah. as I do say, it. not like, as I do. Like that, exactly. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that, sense of, that sense of entitlement is just baffling yeah i mean you hear that story with no context you know like you don't know who jeffrey epstein is you're like oh man that guy's great he sounds like a hero this guy was like you know abusing this girl and jeffrey epstein was like no not in my house get out of here but then when you know the finer details of it you're like dude five minutes after he's gone he could be (laughs) like yeah it's crazy but of course with epstein he took it as more you know of a personal thing towards himself than how it would affect the girl herself it was more like you know yeah i don't care about how it affects her you're disrespecting me like that's just yeah that's just so i mentioned earlier that weinstein i believe it was that the Weinstein company released that Roman Polanski film and he wasn't even sure that Polanski had ever even committed any crime that in my research, I've, I've found varying or conflicting feelings from both Weinstein's side and Polanski's side. Uh, 
um, Weinstein's side kind of made it seem like, you know, he supported Polanski, or was like, like he backed him. I mean, he was voicing, you know, opposition to having Polanski extradited back to the States, and then on Polanski's side, it, the research showed that Polanski felt like Weinstein had it out for him. Anyway, I'll get into that. But that's kind of the connector of those two, I guess. I'm not... I didn't really find anything in-depth about any sort of actual relationship or, you know, friendship that they had. It just seemed like a bit of a conflict. I, I don't understand or know what kind of ground they're on with each other. Roman Polanski. Does anyone here not know who he is? Ryan, again, of course. Okay. Duh. Hang Dougie, on. you good? I recognize I, I, the name. I know the name. I can't remember Don't, exactly. Don't, Ryan, stop what it was, Googling this shit. I'm here to educate <laughs> and you're cheating. Stop no- counting <laughs> my people. I need to put a face <laughs> to the name. <laughs> what was his name? No, I'm not telling Low. you. If Roman Polanski. No. Roman Polanski is a French director, producer, writer, and actor. He his first feature length film debuted in 1962. So this guy has been around forever. I think he's he's close to 90 years old at this point. I have no fucking idea who he is. Well, put your fucking phone down and let me talk. God. <sighs> Polanski met Sharon Tate on the set of The Fearless Vampire Killers in 1967, and they got married in London in January 1968. In 1968 as well, he moved to the United States, where he then directed Rosemary's Baby. Pretty big film. In August of 1969, while he was working in London... This, I'm getting it. Ryan, you might you might recognize this one. While Polanski was away at work overseas, Sharon Tate, who was eight months pregnant with their first child at the time, and several others were brutally murdered by the followers of Charles Manson. That's 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 the main reason that I know who he is because it's like any any time you watch anything about Manson or like the Manson family, it's always. You know, Sharon Tate's husband, Roman Polanski, filmmaker, like, whatever. Um, But then I found out about all this fucked up shit that he did after she died, so. uh, Very tragic. I mean, that was terrible. Um, There were two years between the murders and when he finally actually returned to filmmaking. I I guess he just took that big hiatus. Um, In 1977... He was charged with drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. He pleaded guilty to a lesser offense of unlawful sex with a minor. How could Which is rape. I mean, call it what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. rape. He was a, indicted a on... can't consent. That's... Yeah, and he drugged her? Like, what the fuck? That's not sex. That's rape. Yeah, that's... He was indicted on six counts of criminal behavior, including rape. Many Hollywood executives came to his defense at that time. 
Polanski agreed to a plea, which would dismiss five of the six charges. He was ordered to undergo 90 days of psychiatric evaluation at California Institution for Men, but he was released after only 42 days. So Two, he two days? Yeah, he... Four, no, 42. Oh, like 42, six sorry. Weeks. But still, it, that's not even half of what he was sentenced no. to. In 1978, after learning that the judge planned to reject his plea deal and impose a prison term instead of probation, like they previously discussed, Polanski fled the country and went to Paris, and he's a French citizen, so that protected him from extradition, and his charges are actually still pending here in the United States. Uh... (laughs) The, I, the Polanski thing is absolutely, it is absolutely infuriating. I, like, I knew a little, I knew kind of about it going into this, but God. Um, a number of other women later accused him of raping them when they were teenagers as well. In 2004, he sued Vanity Fair for libel. The The magazine asserted in a 2002 article that Polanski promised he would, quote, make another Sharon Tate out of you, end quote, in an attempt to seduce a Scandinavian model while en route to Tate's funeral. (sighs) He received supporting testimony from Mia Farrow and was awarded $50,000 in damages after Vanity Fair offered no evidence that the incident had actually occurred. I did not know that aspect. (laughs) Yep. To this day, in 2020, November 7, 2020, he remains the subject of an Interpol red notice issued for his arrest and rarely leaves France. In 2009, he was arrested in Switzerland at the request of U.S. authorities. He was defended by many prominent figures, uh, celebrities, European artists, and politicians called for him to be released. He was jailed in Zurich for two months. And after that, he was put on house arrest. And I guess he, he was under house arrest at his home in Gestad. Sounds so so pretentious. And uh, Ryan, can you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me in about half an hour and I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh. In 2010, British actress Charlotte Lewis stated that Polanski forced himself on her when she was auditioning for a role in Paris in 1983, and she was only 16 at the time. Are are you looking in the dic- dictionary for Gestad? No, I'm going to attempt to write it down. Okay. <laughs> in a previous interview in 1999, Lewis stated that she had a six-month tryst with Polanski when she was 17. She said, quote, I knew that Roman had done something bad in the United States, but I wanted to be his mistress anyway, end quote. She appeared in his film, Pirates, in 1986, and later attended the Cannes Film Festival with Polanski. During one interview in 86, that same year, she said, quote, I'd love to have had a romantic relationship with him and a physical one. You can't help falling in love with him, but he didn't want me that way, end quote. Kind of weird commentary from someone that he supposedly raped. Um, and this was just three years after she claimed that the rape happened. I, I don't I don't know about this one. I mean, obviously, like, 
the the first one and you know the others that I've seen that you know I think they're credible this one is just kind of kind of weird my camera froze I don't know this I love this it's awesome in July 2010 the Swiss rejected the US's request for extradition they declared Polanski a free man and released him from custody in 2011 Polanski released Roman Polanski a film memoir which debuted in Zurich in the film he offers an apology to his original victim saying Quote, she is a double victim, my victim and a victim of the press, end quote. That feels creepy to read out loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's very... During the film's premiere, Polanski collected a Lifetime Achievement Award that he was supposed to have received two years earlier when after he'd been arrested. So that's great. In 2015, a Polish judge denied another request from the U.S. calling for Polanski's extradition, saying that it would be obviously unlawful. <laughs> In October 2017, a woman interviewed by Swiss police asserted that Polanski raped her in Gestad in 1972 when she was 15. That same month, another woman accused Polanski of having assaulted her in 1975 when she was 10. Fuck. Yeah. No. In May 2018, only two years ago, keep in mind, this guy has been um, a U.S. fugitive, essentially, for... 50, 40, you know, 40, 50 years. But only two years ago, that's when he was removed from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences based on his rape case. <laughs> this is where it gets kind of fuzzy between him and Weinstein. He, he has blamed Harvey Weinstein for the renewed interest in his case, and he's also claimed that Weinstein once branded him as a child rapist to prevent him from winning an Oscar in 2003. What the fuck, camera? In November 2019, a French actress came forward and said Polanski violently raped her at a ski chalet in Gestad in 1975. This guy. Yeah. This guy. Even with all the allegations and charges against him, he has continued to make films for nearly 50 years, and he's been he's been given more than two dozen awards. That's, I mean, Academy Awards, Golden Globes, BAFTAs, Berlin Film Festival, all of this. Just crazy. Every type of award you can think of for major movie makers. He... He's been remarried since 1989, and the couple have two children together. An interesting facet of this I didn't find until, like, toward nearly the end of my research. Angelica Houston was actually a key figure in the 1977 case, the original case against Polanski, which Angelica Houston, uh, Morticia Adams, there you go, you know, um, she, she was a key figure because the 
original incident occurred in her then-boyfriend's house, who was Jack Nicholson. Stop. She said, quote, His behavior was part of a whole Playboy movement at the time. Approaching underage girls was the standard for most of the guys like Roman, who had grown up with the European sensibility. And she also added that Polanski has paid his price. I'd like to know how. Was it the 42 days in psychiatric evaluation, or was it the 50 fucking years that he just spent on the lamb? Yeah, like... (sighs) This is a lot to process in. I... I, the, the Roman Polanski thing, maybe even more so than the Weinstein thing, because at least Weinstein has been brought to justice. Yeah, that's that's what's got me on this, is yeah. the fact that so far from what you've just said there is is, is Polanski has appeared to have done more and worse. I mean, they're both as bad as each other, do not get me wrong on that. But the fact that Polanski has not received any form of repercussions or brought to justice at whatsoever and has been able to continue living his life and making films as well? What? Yep. 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 God. I, I mean, very the fact successful that people, filmmaker. Women are still coming forward about it, yeah. but nothing's happening. It's. Nothing. The fuck is going on? It's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. And I look at the dates on these. Obviously, the the newer accusations they align with the time of the original case against him. But it's also like there were none. Bef- I'm I'm not I'm not obviously I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm not condoning it. But I do have to wonder if something with Sharon Tate being murdered fucked him up psychologically. I mean, you like there were there were no accusations or anything like that before that first one in seventy seven. So it's kind of like, how like did that whole thing just completely fuck him in the head, and now he's just this batshit rapist awful person? Yeah, I guess some people could view it as that. Personally, no. <laughs> um. That's what I'm saying. It's not an excuse, but it's like, it seems like some sort of mental something happened after that. Just snapping people. They can. Didn't you say there was one accusation for 75, though? Sharon Tate died in 69. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. Sorry. But I'm going to go ahead and pick pick up on the connection here. Yep. Go right ahead. Uh... Anyone here not familiar with Woody Allen? Go ahead and raise your hand, Ryan. Go ahead. I'm familiar with Woody Allen. I'm familiar with Woody Allen. Pull out your phone and and Google what he looks like and you still won't know who he is. I know who Woody Allen is. Okay. Okay, good. That's good. Of course he knows who the one named Woody is. You got me fucked up, (laughs) so I'm still going to have to check to make sure I'm thinking of the right... I heard that shit. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you know what's so fu- okay, but it's so funny that you mentioned that. I'm gonna go ahead and say that my sources for my Woody Allen portion are Wikipedia, Mercury News, and the New York Times. Um, oh, that's not who I he, thought it was. 
Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Ryan. It's no one thing. I just want you to know one thing. It's not how I thought it was. I thought it was learn one th- learn one thing and get back to me in the morning, okay? Okay. I don't care what it is, just learn something. Yeah, learn how to spell gestad. <laughs> I don't even want to intend that. So please continue. Oh, uh, well, it's so funny that she mentioned. Uh, anyway, he, his name isn't Woody Allen. He was born Alan Stewart Konigsberg. I I don't know that I'm saying that right, but that's what it looks like. Um, he is a longtime director, writer, actor, comedian, and uh, has a career spanning over six decades wow. in Hollywood. And of course, that includes all these Academy Award winning award winning movies. Um, in 1979, he meets Mia Farrow. Anyone not familiar with Mia Farrow? We just mentioned her name. Go ahead, Ryan. Have you ever seen Rosemary's Baby? No. (sighs) Anyway. Uh, he meets uh, he meets Mero in uh, uh, Mia Farrow in uh, 1979, and at the time she had already had seven children. Um, three were from her first marriage. Um, another three, uh, the other four were adopted. Um, three of them were three adopted little girls. One of them uh, being a daughter named Soon Yi, and her name will come up later. Um, and one adopted son, uh, named Moses, um, in 1985, uh, Mia adopts another child, uh, by the name of Dylan Farrow, uh, daughter, um, at the time, Woody Allen wasn't on the adoption papers for Mia Farrow when she, uh, or for, uh, Dylan when she, for, uh, when Mia first adopted her, um, in 1987, uh, Ronan Farrow is born, which is, I'm assuming, you know, the son of her and Woody. Um, in 1991, uh, Woody Allen decides to go ahead and adopt uh, Moses, her one other adopted child, and Dylan, her adopted child, after she met uh, Woody. Um, according to court testimony on August 4th of 1992, uh, Alan visited the children at Mia Farrow's home. Uh, the following day, a babysitter claimed that she witnessed that Dylan was sitting on the sofa and Woody was kneeling on the floor facing her with his head in her lap. Uh, when Mia confronted Dylan, uh, Dylan alleged that uh, Alan had touched her in her private parts when her and Woody Allen were in the attic together. At the time, this would put Dylan Farrow at the age of seven. Oh my god. Oh, Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. This wasn't really pleasant to take notes on. I'm just going to go ahead and no, throw that out there. can imagine. Um, of course, Woody Allen denied all these claims. Um, and as he's denying these claims, 
uh, which I should go ahead and throw in that Mia Farrow and Woody Allen were never married. I did not know that. For whatever reason, I thought that they were married at one point. But but the entire time that all of this is going on, of course, Woody Allen's denying everything. Um, and he's also, at the same time, trying to fight for custody of Dylan and Ronan and Moses. Um, in 1993... Uh, after a six-month investigation by the Child Sex Abuse Clinic of Yale New Haven Hospital, uh, they determined that Dylan had not been abused. Um, during the same year, after a 14-month investigation, it's concluded by the New York Child Welfare Agency of the State Department of Social Services that there is no credible, credible evidence of abuse or maltreatment. The babysitter saw it, and Dylan herself... It- discussed an incident yeah okay just making sure i've got all this right yeah and i mean but i mean after all it's said and done he i'm i I think he actually i don't don't know that he rounded up with custody or if it was a shared thing i didn't i didn't want to go too much into it i just know that those allegations are very much there but not a whole hell of a lot came from it and you know, I, I mentioned uh, Ronan Farrow. I think whenever he, whenever you brought up the Weinstein investigation earlier and his part in, you know, getting that to the light, he, I, I remember hearing him one point saying that, you know, what happened with his sister after speaking with it, because I think they had a very tumultuous relationship maybe up until maybe within the last 10 years or so. And I think that he, well, I, I, I remember him saying something vaguely about like what happened to her with Woody Allen was one of his inspirations for wanting to make sure that something got done. Understandable. Mm. Correct. Now, <clears throat> I will go ahead and bring up Sunyi, uh, which is Mia Farrow's adopted daughter, uh, one that she had adopted uh, prior to meeting Woody Allen. Um, in January of 1992, uh, Mia Farrow finds nude, nude photos of Sunyi in Woody Allen's home. Um, Allen admits to taking the photos the day before, uh, claiming that it had been approximately two weeks since his first sexual encounter with Sunyi. Uh, Sunyi was at the time asked to leave her summer camp which at the summer camp she spent most of her time on the phone with someone by the name of Mr. Simon who of course was found out to later be Woody Allen um Woody Allen was later quoted as saying I am not Suni's father or stepfather I've never lived with Mia I've never in my life slept at Mia's apartment, and I've never used to go over there until my children came along seven years ago. I've never had any family dinners over there. I was not a father figure to, father figure to her adopted kids in any sense of the word. Uh, he really saw no problem with, with their relationship at all. He did not think it was problematic. 
uh, and he declared their love to the world and they were later married in 1997 uh, when Suni recounted her first uh, she recounts her first friendly like interaction with Woody Allen this is so if what I'm about to say it's grooming at its finest and I, I whoever listening I, I just want you to know what it sounds like she got in she was in 11th grade and she got injured during during playing soccer she like hurt her knee or her ankle i don't know but it became a time where basically woody allen just had to kind of take care of her and take her to school and that's what she claims is her first like friendly encounter with him is him taking her to school and then bonding and then shortly after, he starts taking her to, like, Nick's basketball games in, in New York. And just, it's it's gross. Yeah. And, of course, they're photographed at these games. And it continues on up until, like, 1991 until she goes off to college. And then that's when things start happening in 1992 when Mia finds those photos. I will say so. this about that situation. I remember being, you know, preteen or just barely a teenager, 12, 13 years old, something like that. And mm-hmm. I used to always make my mom, every time I went to the grocery store on a Sunday, I always made my mom buy me Us Weekly magazines, that little tabloid. And I, yeah. I remember that back then, their relationship, it, it was kind of touted in you know tabloids and stuff like that oh it's like oh look at these bizarre hollywood relationships look at these unlikely matchups and just it was not painted to be like to to look like what it actually is in in the media and in tabloids it was just it was kind of spun as oh look at this unlikely pair Hmm. listen to the crazy beginning of these relationships and it, it uh, it's baffling. Yeah, it's not. Which I mean, in in the publication world, they're not. I'll, I'll leave that alone. Um, I did want to find, and I absolutely did. <laughs> uh, I did uh, find a connection between uh between Woody Allen and Weinstein for sure. Uh, a little bit Jeffrey Epstein um, uh, in a 2018 interview by uh, James B. Stewart uh, Jeffrey Epstein had claimed to still um, be uh, privileged with entertaining guests like Woody Allen and there is a photograph you can google it uh, of what looks to be uh, Woody Allen and Sunyi uh, leaving Epstein's apartment in New York together it, mm. I don't I don't I'm not I don't know what the relationship was deeper than that I do know that they were comfortable with each other to you know sit and at least have dinner together um, and Woody Allen also he claimed while working with Weinstein that he claimed to never hear or see any misconduct who's he and, to judge um, oh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, but he did call Weinstein a sad, sick man. <laughs> Who's he to judge? <laughs> but then also in the same statement, he warns of a Salem witch hunt mindset saying you also don't want it to lead to a witch hunt atmosphere, a Salem atmosphere atmosphere where every guy in an office who winks at a woman is suddenly having to call a lawyer to defend himself that's not right either oh. don't fucking wink at anyone you sick motherfucker oh god he's one of those guys who's like oh i can't even flirt with girls anymore like yeah. flirting no, is sexual and harassment and he's definitely one of those guys that's probably like hey you should smile like fuck you and let me not let's not forget to mention that Woody Allen has chronically been ninety-seven years old for our entire life. He really has. That just makes it that extra creepier. He's so old. He's so old. He's always just looked like an old piece of leather. <laughs> That's true. But <laughs> big facts. Oh my God! There's almost no alcohol. In- oh, never mind. <laughs> Jesse just wasted an entire hour of drinking. I thought it said point thirteen, but it, it no, it's thirteen. Per- okay, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, there's virtually no alcohol in this wine. Wow. But that does that does conclude my Woody Allen portion of the notes. Oh, he's gross. Very. So gross. Why are all these old men so horny? That's so disgusting. They shouldn't even be able to get it up anymore. Like, go get some like That's whatever what the opposite for, of Cialis is. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to know why, why why men are gross in general. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell this little anecdote. Uh, the, I was going through my phone, and I finally figured out how you can look at message requests in your um, yeah. messenger on Facebook. It's yeah, okay, convenient. Okay, well, I have one uh, from last year. I just noticed it tonight before I got on with you fellas. Um, From a gentleman, I won't say his name, but he definitely said in the messages, me and Alan were laughing our asses off. He offered to eat my booty hole all night (laughs) until I couldn't take it anymore. Bitch, you better tell me his fucking name right now. (laughs) Do I know this person? No, it went in my spam filter. I think that's why I didn't see it. But I was like, oh my god. Damn, we we really out here. We really out here. Spam. Oh, I don't have any good spam. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. We're not all like that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, like, we're going to hold our hands up and... The fact that I'm still attracted to men is proof enough that bi- that sexuality is not a choice. Facts. <laughs> well, um, so my last subject, he's lesser known, which, I mean, no one here has probably heard of him. I'll be very surprised. Me and Amber hadn't even heard of this guy until we were watching some documentary one night. Um, but it's just, I... I kind of wanted to tackle this particular person physically. No, but it in the show because I it, it kind of serves as proof that there there are 
these kind of unknowns that just kind of slip through the cracks in Hollywood and no one ever, you know, it doesn't really make a difference to anyone what they've done. So this guy is Victor Salva. He is most notably the writer and director of the Jeepers Creepers franchise. And he also made Powder, that um, Disney, I think it was a Disney movie in the 90s about the albino kid, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most notably Jeepers Creepers. Well, me and Amber were watching that documentary and this guy's name came up and they're like, oh, he wrote Jeepers Creepers. We were both like, what the fuck? Like, hold up. <laughs> How did we not hear about this? I love Jeepers Creepers, the first movie anyway. I thought it was brilliant. Um, he was disowned by his family at 18 for after he came out as being gay. His film career, it began in the mid-80s. He, it was a very short-lived situation, this one. He was convicted in 1988 for sexually abusing a 12-year-old actor who starred in his feature film debut, which was Clown House, which he was also busted for possession of child pornography. Because... I, I don't know about the entire contents that were discovered in regards to the child pornography, but I know that there was at least one occasion where I think he had recorded himself with the boy. So that's probably that that counted as the child pornography, I would assume. Yeah, he always... pled guilty to lewd and lascivious conduct, oral sex with a person under 14, and procuring a child for pornography. He was sentenced to three years in state prison, but was released after only 15 months. He completed his parole in 1992. After how long, sorry? Released after how long? 15 months. A little over a year. What is wrong with every single justice system regarding every single one of these sick fucks? It's broken. It is absolutely incredibly broken. And see, the thing that I've never understood, and I'm, I don't know if it's different, but I, I feel like having a statute of limitations on sexual assault or anything of that nature, I think that's fucking bonkers. Yes. I think that's, I think that's a lot of what happened probably in, um, Polanski's accusers in that case. Because, I mean, a lot of, he had women all different countries that were accusing him. So probably their countries had somewhat of a statute of limitations on accusations like that. But it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, 15 months on a three-year sentence. I, three years, like... That's nothing. Whatever. That's not enough. It's, it's nothing. He eventually wrote and directed Powder, as I mentioned before. At the time of Powder's release in 1995, his convictions began, or they became known to the public. And it was then that people began to call... For a boycott of the film. Disney officials stated that they had only become aware of his crimes after production of Powder had already started. I, I don't understand how that's too late to do anything about it. Yeah, you can still stop. Right. Salva was, after the whole, they calling them calling for the boycott of the film, he was reportedly devastated, and he was quoted as saying, I'm going to have to crawl in a hole. I'll never be able to walk out of my house again. Aww. Shame. The Salva thing goes in kind of a wonky direction later on. Just bear with me. After Powder, Salva continued writing and 
directing films. He made an additional seven films between 2001 and 2017, including the Jeepers Creepers trilogy. He wrote and directed 1999's Rites of Passage. The producer on that movie, J. Todd Harris, said, quote, Victor Salva deserves another shot. He has a lot of fans, a lot of fans around town. His past was never a consideration when, with moving forward with this film. End quote. In an interview, Salva said, quote, It's not like I don't know the terrible ramifications of my actions. I've been very upfront with the family. I've been very upfront with everybody about what happened. I've done my time. I've paid my restitution. I've done everything possible. I don't feel like serving half of your sentence is doing your time. Not even half. I don't. No. Yeah, not even, even half. You didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. That's not that's not anywhere near close to paying a debt to society in any. No, way. no, not not for that. No, absolutely even, even not. Even your, mm-hmm. even paying a debt to your victim, just no. Fuck off. In an interview for L.A. Times in 2006, he said, quote, I pled guilty to a terrible crime, and I've spent the rest of my life trying to make up for it. For almost 20 years, I've been involved with helping others, I've been in therapy, and I've made movies. But I paid my debt to society and apologized to the young man. All I can hope is that people will give me a chance to redeem myself. In what world does he think that's going to happen? Not hardly. I just... I. So this is where it gets a little wonky. I didn't I didn't find these little tidbits of information until just about the tail end of my research. Okay. Francis Ford Coppola. Everyone here familiar with him? You know yeah. my answer. Humongous filmmaker, most notably for the Godfather series. Okay. Oh, okay. Um I believe what is his daughter's name? Sophia Coppola. She does. She's a huge filmmaker now as well. Um, but yeah, he he had a hand in everything in the seventies. He's just a very prominent figure. Um, he helped fund Victor Salva's first movie, Clown House, the the one where the actor was yeah, yeah. raped by Salva. Right. Even after the conviction, Coppola remained loyal to Salva. He, after he was released from prison, Coppola gave him $5,000, which he then lived on for a year after getting out of prison, which, if you look up Francis Ford Coppola, it's like $5,000, dude, that's all you could have done? You're calling this guy a friend, and it's just $5,000? I mean, this guy's got to be worth tons of money. Anyway, I digress. So, when MGM expressed concern about Salva's involvement with Jeepers Creepers, Coppola vouched for him. He said, quote, I helped Victor get the job. I was criticized for it, but my attitude is that he has a talent and the talent in itself is good. We don't have to embrace the person in believing that their art is a contribution to society. So basically what Coppola is saying is keep the art and the artist separate from one another. That's essentially what he's getting at, which I don't feel like this applies when someone is a fucking rapist or a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Coppola was on set for most of the filming of Clown House because it was made in part at his home in Napa Valley, California. He recalled, quote, only in retrospect did things really add up. You have to remember, bear with me, it's getting wild. While this was a tragedy, 
that the age difference between Victor and the boy was very small. Victor was practically a child himself. End quote. Here's the kicker for you guys. At That's the time, not the at the time of this crime, Victor was 29 years old. The child was 12. No. The f- oh, yes. What the yes. Hip- yeah, no. Francis Ford Coppola, no. he's he's forgiving of the situation because Victor was immature and the age difference wasn't that big of a deal. It's a kind of huge deal. Right. Uh, you can be, lo- lo- logistically, you can be 29 and have a 12-year-old of your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, he is more than twice the kid's age. This isn't even a teenager we're talking about. This is a child, a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Last thoughts on this. It does not surprise Coppola that people will never forgive Salva. Quote, they're entitled to feel that way, but he has a real gift as a filmmaker. The punishment has been completed, and he, <laughs> should, be a, he should be a citizen again. Fuck off, fuck off, and fuck off. Just, that's just that just goes to show you I mean like we've we've so far we've thrown out these big names these these more prominent figures in Hollywood Weinstein Polanski Woody Allen but there are others like them who fly so far under the radar with this shit that you have no idea that it's going mm. on unless you stumble across it like me and Amber I had no idea about this guy no idea oh can I pick up with my next one? Because Go for I don't know about this guy either. Okay. Speaking of people you have not fucking heard of, <laughs> does the name Brian Peck mean anything to anyone besides Jess? I was going to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, not a clue. Any relation Nothing? to Sean? <laughs> none, none that I'm aware of. And I also okay. checked... I don't think he's any relation to Josh Peck either. Apparently, Peck is just a. I was wondering about that. There. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. No. Um, <clears throat> well, no Brian Peck. I'm going to go ahead and say he's probably more notably known for his work as a dialogue coach, but I'll get there. Right. Um, he was born in 1960. He's just a few months older than my dad. Um. But he's done acting, directing, pro- uh, producing, um, other like, uh, like crew, like behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, probably more notably known for his dialect uh, coaching. Um, he worked on Growing Pains on the set of Growing Pains from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety one. Um, we all know Leonardo DiCaprio. Brian does briefly on. Oh, wait, Brian, do you know Leonardo DiCaprio? If you ask me that again, I'm leaving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but there, I mean, there, there's footage of Leonardo DiCaprio and Brian Peck on the set of Growing Pains back in 1991. And even their chemistry in that brief video that I saw... Like they're just they're they're just like playing around with each other and joking and and 
Anyway, right. um, he's also he's also known a little bit in like the horror cult realm because he's the only actor that's been in all three of the Living Dead movies. Right. I mean, whatever, good on you, I guess. Um, <laughs> but he's done he, he he's done all this work on uh, Children of the Corn, a uh, Good Burger, Kenan and Kel. Boy Meets World, The Amanda Show, all that, and Holes. The movie He's Holes? Been, yeah, the okay. movie Holes. Um, I don't know if what I everything that I've named off, he's been around a lot of children. Right. Okay. So, in 2004, he is originally charged with 11 counts... That include, this is going to suck to read, I'm sorry boys, um, lewd act upon a child, uh, sodomy of a person under the age of 16, um, attempted sodomy of a person under the age of 16, uh, sexual penetration by a foreign object, uh, four counts of oral copulation of a person under the age of 16, uh, oral copulation by anesthesia. Or controlled oh my substance. God. <sighs> the fuck? Sending harmful matter and using a minor for sex acts. Fuck my. The, the child that was involved with this, for one, remained anonymous. Uh, two, uh, in all of the court documents, is referred to as John Doe. And the reason why this was, one, because of his age, two, he wanted to protect his image and his further career. The only thing that I know about the victim is that the victim was on a Nickelodeon TV show. I do not know which. But I just named off fucking four, four of them, so... There's, there's, there's no telling. The sweet life. Did you mention that one? I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh no, you're fine. Um. Fuck. Yeah, it's it it sucks. Um, at the time that the incident happened, uh, Peck had been coaching the victim at his home, and when the offenses happened, and then the parents ended up turning him in after they found out what was going on. I mean, naturally, of course. Well, yay. Um, mm. But I just listed off all those charges, and there was 11 counts. Um, That's just for one He pled one guilty. Uh, th- this is just one victim. One victim. Oh, shit. I thought this was more... T- oh. No. This is, this is one victim. Um, in the end, uh, he pleaded to one count of a lewd act against a child and one count of oral copulation the other nine charges were dismissed what how wow yeah it's it's it sucks i'm sorry i'm sorry um 
He was convicted in October of 2004 and sentenced to 16, 16 months in jail. And let me guess, he didn't um, serve all of them? From, now, from what I see, he did serve, he, he did serve his time. But I that's think 16 months. That's just yeah, but I. That's. Uh, yeah, it's it's still not enough. Like it's it was a fucking fifth. Like it. it take, under the age of 16, so at least 15. It takes me 16 but, months to learn to spell a word. True. <laughs> we know. <laughs> um. But after completing his sentence. He immediately returned back to work in Hollywood. Of course he did. Um, really, the only restrictions that his that he had following his prison his prison stint was that he could not talk to his victim, um, and that he also could not uh, work directly with children. But he could be involved in projects that involve children. So, i.e., he could work on set as, you know, someone behind the scenes or in production or whatever. But so long as he wasn't in direct contact with children, it was cool. No. Uh, So, that brings us to what Jess was mentioning earlier. Um, He voiced a role on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Uh, I think he played like a, a mirror or some shit. He did three episodes of that, um, and that was between the years of 2006 and 2007. Um, but since, again, since his conviction, he's been able to do other things and work in Hollywood. Um, he's worked alongside uh, Brian Singer, who is a director who also has sexual allegations against him. I didn't go into it because I was already in so deep. But Brian Singer, if you want to look it up on your own, it's out there from what I from what I gathered. His allegations, they were dropped, but it's out there. And he's also worked alongside Charlie Sheen as a dialogue coach, and I don't know anyone else's thoughts on Charlie Sheen. I'll give my opinion. I don't like him. I think he's skeezy. And I don't think he's a good person. <laughs> it's a very good word that you use there to describe him. Yeah, very, 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 very skeezy. I don't, I, I don't like him. Um, but he worked along Charlie Sheen on the set of Charlie Sheen's TV show, Anger Management, in 2013. Um, and he just boasted about his relationship with Charlie Sheen, saying, uh, we're having a blast, and I adore Charlie. Of course you two would get along perfectly. Now, this is another thing that I need to add. Since his conviction, since he served his time, Brian Peck has appeared on screen where people can see him 17 times. To me, that's one fucking too many. Yeah. And that that's between movies and TV and short films. Um, part, part of everything that happened with him started uh, just, 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 just a thing. And in 2012, an organization called Biz Parents 
aim to protect families within the Hollywood industry, campaigned and successfully uh, passed the Child Performer Protection Act. Um, but, however, that, that keeps sex offenders from working directly with children, but it doesn't, unfortunately, protect them from working, I guess, somewhere around In the children. vicinity mm. of. Right. In the vicinity. Now. Ryan's like, what With everything that, that I... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I missed uh, that. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> No. But I'll hear it back afterwards. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear it. Yeah. Um, now, that goes... That just goes to say, I mentioned a lot of Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. Okay. Brian Peck was also very much associated with the last person that I will be speaking with and closing out with. Anyone familiar with the name Dan Schneider? I'm raising my hand for Spotify. Hang on. Don't Google it! <laughs> he's he's Ryan, going to. put the phone down. No, no. I will the say Googling I, is disrespectful to all of our hard work and research, period. I just, I'm just putting a face to the name. That's all I'm doing. You... Can, you and, and, and you can absolutely do that because when I saw the name at first, I wasn't familiar. But then I'm, I mean, I, but I have seen his face. Okay. I, and I recognize him. I recognize him from TV shows that I watched as a kid, like Good Burger, like all that. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he was. On, was, it, was he the manager on Good Burger? Is that what he was? Yup. Yeah, that's what I yep. thought. Yup. Yup. So. And I'll go ahead and say my, my, I've, I've, I've got so many sources for this one. This guy's problematic as fuck. Um, my sources for this were Wikipedia, the Huffington Post, um, Deadline, uh, Tahoma News, and I think that's it. Um, so this guy. Okay. Uh, born in 1966, he's just a few months older than my mother. That, and that's another thing, too. Like, when I was going through these, I'm like, these people are my parents' age. <laughs> and, like, Ew. like fucking do better. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but he's an American uh, television producer, screenwriter, and actor. Which I will say, most of his acting gigs were like between the 80s and the 90s. And then he started focusing on just working behind the scenes, working in producing, things like that. Gotcha. Um, in 1993, uh, he's hired to work uh, on a new sketch comedy show with Nickelodeon called All That. Um, after the pilot episode, uh, Schneider worked as the show's producer. Um, and he did that for a good fucking while. He did that for about four seasons, and then he shifted his focus to The Amanda Show, which featured Amanda Bynes, um, but The Amanda Show didn't really do all that well after a few seasons, what? it was just canceled. I love The Amanda Show. 
I know. I, I loved I loved it too, but I remember even thinking to myself, man, there's not enough of this. And it's because they they fucking canceled it. Me and you were the only ones watching, apparently. I, I you might you apparently. You you might get into it, but is there is there anything to connect um Dan Schneider with the eventual downfall of Amanda Vines? Are you gonna do any of that? I have some. Okay. I just thought I'd ask. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've like I said, problematic as fuck. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but he worked on the Amanda show um, from like 19 something something to like 2002. Um, he also worked uh, on Kenan and Kel uh, for 1996 to 1997. But then after that, he still kept on a role as like a consultant for the show. Um, in 2002 to 2005, he came in with a re, like a revamp for all of that or all that, uh, all of that, all of that. I sounded like such a fucking boomer. Anyway. Uh, but then in 2004, he comes up with Drake and Josh, uh, Zoe 101, iCarly. And then after iCarly comes victorious and then after victorious comes sam and cat and then after sam and cat comes henry danger and it's just this man from he is man, nickelodeon. i mean he was nickelodeon All right. every successful show that came out of nickelodeon was more than likely in his hands or thought up by him he was around children like that was his job In March 26 of 2018, Nickelodeon announced that it would be parting with Dan Schneider and Dan Schneider's company called Schneider's Bakery or something like mm, that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, like I like you. You remember saying like introductions yeah. to shows and it would have the Schneider's Bakery before it. Like that was his company. I guess that they were just hired out through Nickelodeon. I I don't know. Um. But in March of 2018, they say that they will no longer be working with Dan, that they're not going to renew any of their contracts or any of their seasons with him. And then the Deadline, Deadline Hollywood reports um, that basically the reason why Nickelodeon decided to part with Dan Schneider it was due to his alleged behavior. Um, this behavior included his temper and how he acted on set and also with his suggestive relationships with his female actresses that worked on his show. Yeah. Um, this was also this, I mean, I mean, it was, it was well documented, his temperament uh, issues. And he also, uh, this is where some of this stuff is like alleged and I mean I don't I, I, I don't know like there's there nothing with a core it just it just looks really fucking weird um, he had he had a foot thing I know that we make jokes that me and you know that maybe me and Jess want to sell feet pics or whatever but this guy <laughs> did have a foot thing 
I'm allegedly. Um, he was known to tweet pictures of his actress's feet and say, can you guess whose foot this is? Um, and I asked, and I asked Jess this, and if you do look it up on YouTube, you can find it, but you can find some, a lot of references to foot humor in the shows that he was making. Yes. So it's very much alleged that he was maybe using that to fill out some of his fantasies. I know one right. of the clips that me and Jess watched, it was a video, like it was a clip from a show. I can't remember which show it was. I want to say maybe it was iCarly or Victorious. Um, an actress just getting ketchup poured over her Oh, feet. yeah, that was iCarly. That was iCarly? Mm-hmm. What's the... F there, I mean, it's the, it's these scenes or these these situations on these shows where it's like, as a kid, you're watching it. I mean, and it's, it's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, and to see it, you know, just this one clip in this one episode, you don't really go back and think, there's an issue here. There's a, there's a foot fetish in play with yeah, someone making just... the show. It's when all of these instances and these clips are kind of compiled together into one graphic that you see like just how many times that same humor quote was used within that show alone mm, that's... yeah it, it's a lot the the thing that me and amber watched it's they they had a little compilation of all these different you know scenes and these situations where foot foot humor was in play in the show so, and it's just like oh my god this is overwhelming this is crazy yeah it was yeah it, it's a little bit insane um now this is to go into some allegation stuff that i do not know it's not confirmed. It's just some stuff that's been floating around the internet. It's out there, but I kind of see where maybe it might make sense. Um, in regards to and I and I, and I had to, I, I had to I had to put I had I had to get some of this on my phone. Like I couldn't just write it down and have it here. Like it's just so much information. It's. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Okay. So there was a like online blog post back in uh, probably like the early 2000s. And I think there was one guy and his name was Enty, E-N-T-Y. And he had, you know, made some claims online, you know, about child exploitation in Hollywood, yada, yada, yada. And supposedly, by Amanda Bynes had reached out to him, and she wrote him a note and said, "Thank you for all of your ongoing support." And this was in maybe this was like back in like two thousand seven-ish. I'm not sure. Um, thank you for all of your ongoing support. I don't know any of these men. I don't know how any of these men sleep at night. Um, but if there's anything I do know is that it's done in the, what's done in the dark always comes to light. Um, sorry, I thought it was clever. 
Like, and some, like, like some of this doesn't make sense, what she's saying in her statement. And it, this is supposedly Amanda Bynes. Right. Um, but in the message, you can't see it, what I see. But there are, it's almost all in lowercase, but some letters are capitalized. Oh. When, when you read it out, it says, Dan did it. Okay. <laughs> Clever. Um, there was also a online post um, that was made. Do you guys remember the Jamie Lynn Spears uh, debacle with Zoe 101? Her what, she was a pregnant. teen mom? Yeah, that she was a, got, got pregnant as a teenager and that she had to, you know, and they had to cancel the show. Yada, yada. Um, it was rumored online before her pregnancy was announced uh, from some, again, obscure online blogger about, you know, upcoming this, this, this TV star that was impregnated by her producer. And it's alleged that possibly Dan Schneider is a father of that child. I don't know how much of that I believe. That's just me. I don't... Not that it couldn't be that, true. To be fair, that tip know. was dropped before. It was. It absolutely was. Um, I cannot remember the name of that website now. I know what website you're talking about, but I've been on that website before. And a lot of that stuff... I mean, some of the stuff doesn't check out, but it's like it's kind of like Gossip Girl in a way. It's this yeah. anonymous blog. People send in tips and things that they see, like happening with celebrities in los angeles or wherever they are and they're blind items you know they this person posts these tips with hints or allusions to who the person might be and then people guess in the comments and they eventually update it and they're like okay it was this person right and, and it's always stuff well before it's come out and so i'm it's definitely like, and i'm definitely not I'm definitely not below the idea that there are internet sleuths out there that can just figure this shit out. I would love to be one of them. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> um, another indication that, you know, some people, well, I mean, people were aware of what was going on. There was a, you, I mean, you guys remember the app Vine. Yeah. Uh, there was a Vine made by Jeanette McCurdy. Um, she was a star on iCarly. And in this vine, she's, like, pretending to have, like, this breakdown. And she says in the vine, Hey, Dan Schneider, I know you watch my vines. Look what you've done to me. And, I mean, she's, like, in this strewed makeup. And it, like, it, she could have been kidding. She could have been not kidding. I don't know, but knowing what we know now, it seems very sus. Yeah, if she's making the when effort was, to make such a it, this was in 2014 sort of scene with it. Yeah, th yeah. Th there's if she put that effort into it, enough said, really. To me, it, it almost kind of sounds like she's trying to make fun of Amanda Bynes. Mm. Right. But then again, it's like the period of time, and so that's why I asked when, because it's so far in between. It's kind of like, well, why would you make fun of that so far after it happened? Yeah, no, but that's, I, don't know. I mean, he wasn't let go until 2018, but her vine was made in 2014. That could have, 
Yeah. Start the ball rolling. And I will, and I will say that Dan Schneider was only let go after the termination of a, another person named Chris Savino. Um, Chris Savino is the creator of a Loud House on Nickelodeon. I don't know if you're familiar with that cartoon. I only am because of my child. Um, <laughs> but he faced several multiple sexual harassment allegations and was terminated. And then that's when Dan Schneider was also terminated. Brian Peck, again, was also a dialogue coach on all of that on all that how do I said it again <laughs> what's wrong with me oh, and dear. also from and also the only other thing that I found and I don't I don't know how I, I, I don't know how credible this this is um There's possibly a connection between Nickelodeon itself and Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, we've come full circle. Let's go. We've come full circle. Um, the the uh, founder of Nickelodeon, Geraldine Laybourne, was found to be on an entry on Epstein's private jet logs for the Lolita Express. Oh. There it is. I am not saying that there is a child exploitation ring or whatever. I'm not saying that there is one, but I'm not saying that there is not one. And that concludes all of my research, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit. I'm not saying there's a ring, but I am saying that this shit goes on quite commonly, and no one does anything about it. Yeah. I... That... I... Hmm... Yeah. Did we make you uncomfortable, boys? Extremely! Zero yeah. hesitation there. That. I mean, I've. It. There's always been in the background with exploitation of minors, oh, of women in general as well, in the movie industry and TV and everything like that. Yeah. Just didn't realise how much and how bad and I mean you would think and I mean Netflix released that cuties movie did anyone see any coverage on that I did but I'm kind of torn on it because from what I'm understanding the version or whatever it was that was released on Netflix was a total bastardization of what the film was supposed to be um I read that the writer or the creator of it, she was trying to bring to light this kind of stuff in the entertainment industry. Like, it's supposed to make people uncomfortable, but Netflix kind of advertised it in such a way that made them look like fucking perverts. Yeah. 
yeah, no, my, I have not seen the film from what little bit that I've seen and some commentary that I've seen and some people who have actually watched it. There were just certain things in that movie that were completely unnecessary and you shouldn't ask children whether they are professional actors or not to do certain things on camera Mm -hmm. which i mean like even but i mean examples of that i mean there are so many ways to go around things like with oh goodness i'm going to get the name of this movie wrong precious uh uh what's her name uh gabby's Citibay I do or, not know how to say uh, yeah, I know, I know. I, I, I don't want to fuck that up. But, I mean, she played a minor in the show or on the movie without actually being a minor. Like, there's, there, there's ways to go about it, and I don't know what it is with Hollywood, but from what me and Jess have been going over just the last couple, couple weeks, maybe last week or so, I mean, depending on how intense our research has gotten, but it... I don't understand what the issue is, but I feel like there is an issue there that no one's talking about. Yeah. I mean, how hard is it to make a fucking movie without fucking a kid? I mean, can you not just can you not just make movies or make a TV show? Apparently not. I mean, like, God, why 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 are people getting exploited and hurt in the process? Something is clearly not okay. No. And then you look at what happens to these people in the long run. It's like this this kid that Victor Salva raped, he, from what I saw, from everything I saw, he still has not recovered from what happened back then. How, he, how could you? His, apparently his mom has come to terms with the situation and, you know, forgiven Victor Salva. But, he, I mean, he's still very damaged from it. And then the situation with Amanda Bynes, it's like, look at her. I mean, she's just this humongous kid star on Nickelodeon like everyone knows who Amanda Bynes is when me and Amber were you know preteens teenagers whatever everyone knew who she was and then it's she's the man is still an iconic film to me yes and I loved um the the British one what was what was that one called the one where she found out her dad was a prince I love that (sighs) movie um (laughs) damn it oh god but no it's it's just seeing the long-term effects it makes me wonder if there's going to be kind of a a turn with miranda cosgrove eventually as she gets a little bit older because that that happened with amanda Bynes. it's like for so long you think she's just this normal young movie star and i swear to god it is like a a switch flipped with her it's just overnight blink of an eye she's normal one day the next day she's gone off the rails totally unhinged and really, when you think about it, there are only few exceptions when it comes to child stars. A good majority of them end up massively fucked as adults. Yeah. I think, like, maybe Hilary Duff is the only one that came out unscathed, I think. We've mentioned this before, and I remember you saying the same yeah. thing once before. Hilary Duff is the only one that has really come through She's unscathed really, by that's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's not it's not even just limited to girls. I mean, look at, you know, for instance, Macaulay Culkin. Look at... I was say, prime example. Look at... Yeah. I would say the Corys. The Corys. Yes, the Corys. Yeah. Feldman and Haim. Um, I, I just think it's a really... I think it's a really broken and 
damaging system or industry for children to be in. I don't Yeah. I don't know why these people can't just do their thing, do their job, create their art without having to abuse children or rape children or exploit them in one way or another. It makes no sense to me. <sighs> I'm, I'm struggling to even just fathom words to sum it up, really. I mean... So that was our heavy hitting. Sorry to be such a bummer, man. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, to be fair, I, th- I, st- I originally thought you were still going with Pizzagate. So when you were announced no. at the beginning that you were going to be doing this instead, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll feel slightly different. But I feel like I'm feeling worse than what I probably thought I would have been <laughs> right, right now. Yeah, welcome I to the club. I can guarantee that you are not feeling worse than you would have if we had done Pizza Game. Oh, oh no, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed, definitely not. Um, oh, pardon me. I mean, it's equally heavy, but I think it's the fact that everything that we have mentioned so far, for the most part, has been factual. It's not. Yeah. This it's is not all, just allegations. This is all there true. are real charges. Yeah. Yeah. With with Pizzagate, that was just too treacherous of a topic. It's you yeah, know, and especially really with yeah. the whole election stress right now, and it's that more and more has come out to prove that Pizzagate and QAnon yeah. is really it's a right wing conspiracy to demonize you know the democrats in america on the left side so um yeah no i i think yeah you probably probably would have felt a little bit worse if we'd done the pizzagate thing because there is some fucked up shit uh, with that after hearing none this, of it I true but <laughs> um yeah this was- it, it it just sucks because like again like I mean, some of the stuff that I discussed with Dan Schneider is, you know, alleged and things. But, I mean, everything before that, it's, I mean, it was all there and that the connections are there and that it just, it does not look good. But you also are looking at it and you can't figure out Hmm. where all the pieces go. It's having. I just have, like, a really weird feeling about Nickelodeon now. It's like God, what were all of my childhood shows that he had a hand in looking back? It's just like, it just taints the whole thing for me. And I mean, and especially do like if, if you can absolutely get on YouTube and, you know, look up the feet humor within Nickelodeon. It, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't not add up, but yeah, it's simultaneously hiding in plain sight, but also not hiding at all. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's there. Wow. So, yeah. What are now, the happy this is season, our longest happy episode season ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun episode- editing this one, <laughs> Yes, yeah, I'm so going to have Ryan. to sit for over two hours listening back to all of this again. Um, wow. Who's um, ready for a drinking game? Uh, and then some. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought you were about to say no, and I'm like, motherfucker, you do not have work tomorrow, so I don't know where you think you're going. No, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going anywhere except for the bathroom when we're done this. I've been wanting to pee since about the first half an hour that we sat down. I've been incredibly So pain. sorry. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to get out of here. I'll start a video chat. We'll play some drinking games. Oh my god, so that does, oh my god, that does it for this season. Yeah. Season three, baby! We made it through another another season. Holy shit, we have... You guys have put up with our shit for long enough. (laughs) I just, I I know we're running, I know we're running on time, but I just, I just want to say thank you to our listeners, because this season, I know I've mentioned it previously, but the trend has just continued to build as... We yes. release episodes. This season has been our most listened to it and has. downloaded of any season that we've released so far. In you know three seasons, this has been the most streamed and listened to. So it's like, yeah. it you know obviously we're doing something yeah, thank right. You. Um, yes, um, we definitely appreciate it. I'm we are open to suggestions you. for you know next season's theme or you know a topic for next season yeah. we're definitely open to because i mean we're still kind of unsure as far as i know we got a couple ideas in a play, few a but, few in the play um, yeah. yeah nothing for sure once again i um, nowhere in hell did i say siri <laughs> okay <laughs> just i i do i do want to remind our listeners just because this is the end of the season does not mean that it is the end of content um in the mm. time between this season and the next, we will have more content coming out to you guys. We might do a bonus episode, maybe not, don't know yet, but there will be no shortage of content coming at you guys regularly, as if we're, you know, not on hiatus. So, yeah, yeah, keep an eye out. We're still going to be appreciate around. appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah, we're still going to be present. Um, be on the lookout for updates about season four i can no longer joke about being you know picked up by the producers because it's we're, we're doing season four that's it <laughs> there's no there's not an announcement so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah keep an eye out for the update on what the topic of season four is gonna yeah. be um you can keep up with us on social media our instagram is at jar.podcast and our twitter is at jartofficial the facebook link will be in the description for this YouTube video. Uh, what else? You can find us on Anchor, Podbean, Podchaser, any podcasting host, pretty much. Pretty much. I. Yeah. So, um, Spotify, I t- like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all, all the all the big ones. Um, let's see what else is there. Oh God, I'm really gonna miss you guys. <sighs> Not you guys, the <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. So we will probably see you guys next year. We should probably plug our sponsor. I was just about to say, we, we've not mentioned yeah. the sponsors yet. I've been going so fast. We've been going for so long. <laughs> it's fine. <coughs> My camera's messed up. Um... That's assuming we still even have sponsors. Uh, so we are sponsored by Five the Gamer. So for all of your multifunctional headset needs, you can head to fivethegamer.com and enter discount code JARD20 
at checkout for 10% off your order. And just a friendly reminder, any purchases you make with this discount code, that discount goes directly into Jard's bank account. So you are funding our dream. And yeah. we would appreciate it if you would fund it more. So <laughs> Get ahead to We would all really, like to, to, friend, we would all really like to drink together eventually. It would um, be nice. We're also please pay our bar tab. Yes, please. (laughs) We are also partnered with X Tiffy. So if you are interested in Grand Theft Auto and the outfit creation on Grand Theft Auto, then go to xtiffy.com, and she has some interesting components for some fun little outfits. Uh, But yes, please use our discount code and use it vigorously because we're poor. So, <laughs> I spent my last $500 on this dress that I'm wearing, so please huh? help. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, <laughs> what? I would not let her. I would not let my her. My jacket wasn't even Who the this fuck way. says I would tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Seriously, my fucking camera gonna work this out in the fucking hiatus i don't know what's happening well hopefully with next season um, we have some slightly better <laughs> control over what yeah. the we're doing with the technology side of everything oh my god i mean the camera thing is pretty new and i i still don't understand what's happening with mine or why it does this so we'll see and if not then you guys can just get the fuck over it so um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll see you guys next year, and we hope you have a beautiful yeah. week. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm stuck on election night still. Uh, beautiful <laughs> week. Um, and to Donald Trump, get well soon, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Catch you later. Have a good one, guys. Bye. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you.